0: Hey guys, what's going on? This is the Christian Morrison Show podcast I'm putting together for the Rapid City Black Hills area. I am a real estate agent here in the area. Um, my name is Christian Morrison. Obviously, the name is Christian Morrison Show. Um, and I'm doing this podcast basically for local business owners, local leaders, local innovators in the area for you to be able to get to know them on a more real level, figure out who those people are in our area. And also, there'll just be some entertainment, some real estate stuff, things like that, involved in this podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in, and every time I'll have different guests, I'll have some repeat guests, things like that. I love your feedback on it, and I love anything, um, anybody that you think I should interview on here, Anybody, any topics you want me to talk on, anything like that, I would love to hear it. So, guys, this podcast is only made possible, all the equipment, everything is fully funded by me. So the only way it's made possible is through my real estate business. So if you're looking at, or if you know somebody looking at buying or selling in the Black Hills area or investing, anything like that, have them give me a shout, shoot me a call. Um, you can hit me with a direct message on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. You can do that as well. Um, everything is at Christian Morrison, SD, how to reach me, happy to help in any way I can. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into the podcast, but Mitch. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, Appreciate thanks for it. having me, buddy. So this is my uh, my one of my good friends from a long time. We've known each other for a very long time. Um, Midterms. When did we meet?
1: Oh, uh, man. I think. Uh, when did you play tennis for uh, high school? Your my our sophomore year. Um.
0: Yes. Junior. No, I only played two years, so junior year.
1: Junior year. So yeah, yeah junior year of high school we met. So that was 2012, I think. No, 2011. No. Yeah, 2011. 2011. Yeah. Holy cow! I graduated in 12. So yeah. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Well i was homeschooled remember oh so. yeah that's right
0: um anyways mitch is here from colorado in town right now so i figured we'd throw him on the podcast while he's here mm-hmm. and kind of talk about what he's doing now and we'll talk about you know a little bit of our past and stuff like that so mitch if you just want to introduce yourself real quick
1: hi guys my name is mitch herms uh as christian mentioned i am from colorado i'm actually a financial professional sorry i'm trying to like look at the camera and talk just to the talk
0: mic. just look at me look at you gotcha. yeah
1: Um, But yeah, so I'm a financial professional. Um, What I specialize in is anything money related. So I teach people how to save properly for retirement, uh, make sure that their wealth is protected, uh, college savings, basically anything that is money related, my office is equipped to handle. So um, you know, definitely trying to expand in the uh, Southern Colorado region. Eventually, I would like to open up an office here in Rapid City as well. Uh, I think it's an awesome community and yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. Cool.
0: Um, so I actually do some of my well stuff through you. Mm-hmm. Through my same my investing and stuff like that. Correct. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But um, so Mitch and I for as long as we met e- known each other. Mm-hmm. I don't think we hit it off right away. I don't remember that at all. Maybe we did. We really didn't. Like it. It was funny. We. Because I came in – so a little background. I came Mm -hmm. in to the team from a different state. Mm -hmm. That's why I only played junior and senior year for you guys. Um, And in Colorado, you can play sports for teams when you're homeschooled. Mm -hmm. So I was like the homeschool kid coming on the team, me and my brother Jack. The homeschool kids coming on the team.
1: You guys kicked all of our asses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, we got – you know, we got – we both got single spots. Jack was first doubles the first year.
1: Yeah, that's right. And
0: then I was three singles. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next year we were both singles players but um but yeah so everybody kind of was like who are these douchebags right
1: I mean I think that's paraphrasing but yeah the message (laughs) is definitely there that's paraphrasing what would you guys have said I mean I would have been nicer about it but that's just me because we're friends but you know yeah I mean it was um and it was interesting too because I mean obviously I played did I play my freshman year I did play my freshman year um so it was your third year yeah, my yeah. yeah. So like we all kind of knew each other. Um, I wouldn't say like we all hung out in the same social groups necessarily, but uh, yeah, we all definitely knew each other. And then we get these two, you know, young studs just coming in, like just really tearing up our rankings and all that. But I feel like we all meshed pretty well. You yeah, know? that that was kind of like maybe like just the challenge matches that we had just to determine where we were seated. But right. after that, I think we meshed pretty well.
0: Yeah, so. It was interesting going into it, especially, like, not knowing anybody, and um, it was just an interesting group of people. But, you know, me and you hit it off. We, of course, had some other friends on the team and stuff, but you were the only person from high school, dude, that I stayed in contact with. Mm-hmm. You're literally the only one from high school.
1: I mean, there there's a few people that I'll still talk to. Um, like, I talked to uh, Kittrick yesterday just because uh, his shop is right next to my store. Okay. What does he do um, now? He works at a pawn shop. Oh, okay. So, and, and I guess to clarify that, I also, I'm a workaholic, so I also work part-time uh, in the telecommunications industry. Yep. I don't want to name the company because I don't want to give them free advertising. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I just do that part-time. I did that in uh, college, and, you know, it's a it, it's a decent company to work for, so, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I talked to, to Kit every once in a while. Um, Kit was another guy on our tennis team. Yeah, and then uh, it just you know if, if you see happen to like see someone out and about like you know I'll say hi to them. but there's definitely no one that I stay in contact with other than you like yeah. that's really it
0: so Mitch and I really hit it off on the, in the fact that we were both kind of always obsessed with self-development and mm-hmm. we both wanted to be business people our whole lives and we both saw that as our future and had big goals and big dreams and stuff like that and it's kind of an interesting to see like me and you both how we've progressed through the years it really is because we're kind of having the same conversations now we had
1: when we were 16 it, I, Similar. We, we you know? are. It's just instead of – um
0: Instead of a dream, it's more of a like – it's an action now. Yeah, I, I, I'd
1: say it's more come to fruition. Like before, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to buy a house here and own this Lamborghini and yeah, all that, yeah. which – and don't get me wrong. We still have these conversations, but yeah. I would say the average conversation now is more just about business. It's a lot more specific. It's a lot more – um Yo, in detail. Yeah, and it, it's not necessarily about the material stuff anymore either. It's, it's so about, funny.
0: We were just talking about it last night because yeah. we have always been so like driven by material things. Mm-hmm. Me and you both, and we both had a shift. You know, I feel like I've had the shift. Probably for me, it's been about a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. For you, it's probably been around the same. I don't know. About a year. About a year. To where none of that stuff really, I don't think about it that much anymore. I mean, I, it's in the back of my head. Like, yeah, it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But other stuff drives me now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's stupid. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase Ed Milet because I think he says it the best. Like, material stuff's cool. You know, and, and he says, uh, yeah, that Ferrari was awesome the first day I got it. It's not as cool anymore. Yeah. It's still cool. Yeah. Um, Material stuff fades, but I think the stuff that you can do with people is what lasts. That's going to be what gives you meaning and i know for me in my industry you know being able to and this goes with my views of money as well but like being able to to make people as much money as they can um it it, it gives them the freedom of choice yeah and to me that's much more meaningful than any material item that i could buy
0: yeah i think for me it's like my whole thing now is i actually had a guest on here before the podcast before this named rochelle white and she was talking about her big why and people's big whys and stuff. And mm-hmm. she said, "The she's like, you know, it, at first for me, it was, you know, my family and, you know, paying off debt. And it was like financial stuff like that. She goes, now it's freedom, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat where I'm like, dude, I just want freedom to do my thing mm-hmm. and do good at it. You know what I mean? And then help other people throughout the way. Yeah. It seems like that's what drives me more now is like, and also, like I said last night is becoming a certain person. Mm-hmm. Like becoming so freaking disciplined that I get the stuff done every day, no matter what.
1: That's the thing I'm you working know? to uh, develop myself as the discipline. I mean, yeah. that that's why I'm doing 75 hard over. And mm-hmm. huge thank you to Christian actually too because he's the one. Like I've followed Andy Frisella for a long time, but um, if you guys know what the uh, the 75 hard challenge but, yeah. is. Oh, good point. Anyway. We'll explain it. let will explain yeah. it real
0: quick. So 75 hard is a challenge that it's not like a weight loss challenge or anything like that. However, you usually do lose weight through it and mm-hmm. get in better shape it's for 75 days straight you got to do two workouts a day 45 minutes minimum a piece mm-hmm. one of them has to be outside no matter what the weather's doing yep um you have to drink a gallon of water every day pick a diet you have to stick to it right yeah no, no cheat, cheat meals, meals no, no alcohol, alcohol. Um, you have to read 10 pages of a self-development book every
1: day and drink a gallon of water every yeah day. i said that already oh my bad oh,
0: you're good um and then the last one is take a progress picture of your body every day right yes so you have to do that for seventy five days consecutively. If you miss anything any day, you restart to day one.
1: Yep, that yeah. is correct, and that's just the first part of the program. We won't go into details on that, but and phase um, one and phase two. Yes, and phase three. Yeah. Um. But Christian was actually the one that uh you know pushed me to do that. Like I'd known for a long time that I needed more discipline in my life, um, more dedication, that sort of thing. And the the first time that I came up here, he actually March right? Is that March? Uh, March eight. Yes, yeah, I March. started March 18th, so it was a couple of day, uh, days prior to that. So Maybe the 14th or 15th. So he um, he made me do this challenge. He started it with me, and uh, yeah, I, it's been it's a, it's one of those like pivotal things in my life. Like I specifically like remember like where you told it or told me we were in
0: my dad's truck. Yeah, we were on the <laughs> way to uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I remember too. It, it,
1: it. It was literally was like one of those like defining moments in my life. That's like, cool. An epiphany yeah. thing. That's cool. I remember um, it too really well,
0: because I was I was half like. Should I say this to him or should I not?
1: No, I'm glad you, you did. You know what I mean? You know, because
0: I remember what I said too. I said, "Mitch, can I tell you what I think your problem is?" Mm-hmm. And just don't get offended. Yep. I said something like that, and then I said, "You need more discipline in your life."
1: Yep. And I knew you were right. Yeah. Like I, I knew you were 100 percent right. But and that that's what I like about the challenge too, because that's what it's for. It that's developed. what i love about our
0: friendship also dude mm-hmm. is the fact that i can say that to you and you're not going to cry about it
1: no i you think know? that's why and I, you do the same
0: things to me yeah that's yeah. why i
1: value our friendship because like i don't think that we've ever like other than the last time i was up here like we've never like gone out for like drinks or to a club or right. anything like that in the nine years we've known each other yeah and that's partly because i'm a hermit but the but point dude, I'm i've trying never to make, done that
0: stuff either you know? We we don't do that. I our, had like a six-month stint where I did that kind of stuff. Right. Our friendship is it, based
1: on like pushing each other. Yeah. Like we don't talk about like just the regular stuff yeah. like that guy friends talk about. Like we talk about like development, where we're going in our business, what we can do to push each other, Um, and it, it, like I really value that because I don't have that relationship with anyone else. Like it's – I mean I know a lot of entrepreneurs, and, and I do value my relationships with them as well, but I think – we're the same age, we have the same mindset, we have the same drive, yeah. and it's like, I think that's the basis of our friendship. You yeah, know, really, really is, which is awesome.
0: What do you, now that you're more into your business stuff, what's your goal? What do you want to do
1: with your business? Uh, more short-term or long-term?
0: Long-term. Ah, we're just getting a swig of our coffee here. Yeah, Home sorry.
1: Uh, well, I was doing that to kind of think of my answer, because that's, <laughs> that's a big question. Surprised you don't know it. Like, off the top of your head, there's a lot of them, and it, it's really just trying to think what I want to do. Um, what do you want your business to look
0: like someday?
1: Multiple offices. I want to have at least one office in every major city in the U.S. Uh, I do want to take it uh, international as well. Okay. So our our company is uh, we're actually really big in Canada, which is really cool. Uh, there have been talks about taking it to Europe. I think it'd be really cool to go to, into Asia as well, just because um, just of how hardworking the Asian cultures yeah, are. Definitely. Um, so that that's one place that I see my business. I see, like I, like I want to be the go-to guy in okay. the industry that I create, or not the industry that I create, the but industry like that the, you're in, exactly. You know, I want to be the one that develops the best people that has the most diverse group. And I don't say diversity for sake of diversity's sake, but I mean anyone can succeed in what I do. You know, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter your ethnicity, your religion, whatever. Like, you work hard, you'll produce results. And that's the type of culture that I want to cultivate. Um, I think more short-term... at least where I'm from in Pueblo, Colorado, like I want to be the guy to go to for financial stuff in Pueblo in Pueblo. Okay. And then branch off from there. Like I want to be that same guy in rapid city at some point too. Um, like, Oh, Hey, you need to set up a college savings for for your kid. You need to go talk to Mitch or you're thinking about like retiring. You need to go talk to Mitch. Oh, your life insurance needs some, some work. Go talk to Mitch mm-hmm. or Mitch and his team ideally. Cause, and, and I guess that's another goal as well. Like I don't, want it just to be me i want to have that team like i want to develop people to where they can do that on their own Mm -hmm. yeah i'm still that source for them i'm that mentor for them that trainer but i want them to be able to do it themselves i want them to like oh they're part of mitch's team i know i'm going to get taken care of so i hope that answers your question yeah totally i mean because there's a million goals like i could spend all afternoon and all morning talking about my goals but i feel like that's that's kind of the one i'm focused on right now
0: so what is what drives mitch every day when you wake up what drives you to do do what you do every day?
1: I want to be the change that I need to see in the world, that I want to see in the world. You want
0: to be the change that you want to see in the world. Exactly. I'll explain that.
1: So, oh, and without getting political or anything like that, like I, I think we all have our own vision for the world and, well, and maybe we don't. But I I see the positive change that I can make in the world. Okay. And that's part that's a huge part of what drives me. Because um, and I, I, I guess to get into my views of money. So I look at money as a tool. It's not good, it's not evil, like there's a common saying money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Personally I think that's BS. Is
0: that Richette dad, Porta dad, where he says one dad said money is the root of all evil and one dad says money is the root of like all happiness or all good in the world?
1: I think so. I think that's more towards the beginning of the book, which I should know since I literally just read it. But
0: But no, I think that I think that's what he says. Like one says it's the root of all evil mm-hmm. and one dad said it's the root of all good.
1: It is, and, and and that's the rich mindset of money versus the poor mindset of right. money.
0: Which I don't think it's, in my view of the world, and everything is mm-hmm. so black and white. There is no. There's I, very little. I, gray or, I'm area sorry. Area in why the world. did I say black and white? In my opinion, not much is black and white. I'm sorry. I think. Oh, there, I disagree with that. Really, I think I think, there a, I think everything's gray. Mm-hmm. I think everything is gray.
1: I I totally disagree with that. I, How but so? it depends on the subject. I'll say I disagree. Because it, it's either one thing or it's not. I think that the in a lot of things the gray area is uh just a way to make an excuse for things explain so let's see give me an example of something in the
0: financial world that is 100 percent black or white
1: saving money is a good thing is it i cannot think of a single personally and I have to like legally say this, like this is not a recommendation or, you know, anything <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Personally though, I, I think that saving money is a good thing. Okay. You know, um, the I guess you, what you could say the gray area what is. What if you
0: save money? It doesn't get any kind of interest to it, okay?
1: I was gonna go with that. Okay. So, saving money inherently is, is a good thing. That's, okay. we'll say that's black. Now, what you save your money in, that's the gray because there are different vehicles that are better than others there's different vehicles that grow money more there's different vehicles that are more you know conservative and depending on what an individual's needs are i guess that could be the gray area i i'm looking at this in more of like a, a philosophical way
0: see that's right the think, black and white here's why i think it's everything's gray here's my point mm-hmm. is there definitely some truths and there's some definitely things that are true and definitely things that are not true that's mm-hmm. not what i mean i mean like people say like you saying it's good to save your money Trust, I agree with that, okay? But playing devil's advocate Mm -hmm. for the gray area here is what if inflation is so sky high that if you didn't invest your money, your savings goes from $100,000 that you spent 10 years to save Mm -hmm. to now equivalent of worth 500 bucks because of inflation, okay? Let's just say that happens, all right? Right. Instead, if you would've invested that money, it kept up with inflation or beat it, you were now dumb to invest. Well, do you get what I'm saying? That's where everything's gray to me because you don't know what's gonna happen with that. Like, especially with like, here's another thing, with, Mm -hmm. what's another good example? With dieting.
1: See, and that's the example I was gonna go with. Yeah. Was dieting. Okay. Um, It's like, you're either going to, well, exercising is what I was gonna go with, but I I think that those go very hand in hand. Yeah. Um, You know, we could, again, we could say, exercising is good. Right. The gray area is what you- What exercise you do. What exercise you do. Like, personally, you know, and for my challenge, I have to get two workouts done. I may be burnt out at the end of the day, so I may only do you know like some light cardio for forty-five minutes. That to me is a bullshit workout compared to doing something that's like strength training or something like that. For sure. But yeah. that's just my view of it. I feel like that's black and white. Yeah. Like because that's still getting the work done because I'm burnt out, but it's not. It's not as hard as I can push myself. You know, so that that's what I'm trying to shift into, if that makes sense. Totally
0: makes sense. Um, so maybe the black and white truths are do something or not do something, and the gray is how it gets done.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, yeah. that that makes sense based on what we're talking about. Yeah, it's so. pretty true, I think. So, mm-hmm.
0: so, anyways, I think I was asking you, like, what's your what's your reason for waking up in the morning? And then yes. we got onto this tangent of black and white, so. Yeah, that's right, um, so
1: um, I guess to answer that, I'm trying to remember what I was saying. You're saying um, that
0: you, you wanna be the change that you want to see in the world.
1: Yeah, and, and that's because I know what I do is so, it's so positive for people. You know, I, I create a good office environment for people to work in, um, and, and that's just because I've emulated that from my mentors uh when I work, look at people's finances, I know that they're better off because mm-hmm. I've worked with them. Um, on that same token, my other job, like no one needs telecommunications. no one needs a cell phone. At the end of the day we don't. We all need money. Yeah, you know. Um, what I was getting into though oh, I remember now my my philosophy on money, so again i don't think that money is inherently good or evil money is not the root of all evil money is it's a tool that's all it is it's an inanimate object that's a tool yeah however like we were talking about earlier the more of it you have the more um the more options you have you know if i have a million dollars in the bank and my lifestyle only costs me you know five thousand dollars a year i have the choice to pretty much do whatever i want right now, if I'm only making $50,000 a year and my expenses are $47,000 a year, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have as much choice. So money to me is just a way to buy that choice, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily buying materials and, and, or material items and all that, but it's, it's just, and, and that's what I allow my clients to do. I allow them to grow their money to the point where they have the choices. They can meet their goals that sort of thing so that to me is a big motivator um the other one and i guess this kind of goes back to my why my why changes yeah it it really does um but a big why is is my family as well you know especially my parents they they sacrificed a ton to give me the life that i had um always teaching me stuff and all that and it's like i i want to give back to them yeah you know i want to give them the life that they've you know always wanted the things that they've always wanted and yeah, that that's a huge part of it too like it, cool. it's it's like creating like not only giving back but then creating a legacy as well yeah so I, I i think those are probably my two big reasons for doing what i do what you do every day
0: because mm-hmm. you know a lot of the stuff like what i do as well in real estate is it can be a freaking annoying grind man because <laughs> you're just you know sometimes you're getting rejected all day long for three mm-hmm. weeks you know and yep. you're like and you know, one thing I think I didn't expect about sales, sales, which I don't even know what that really means for what we're doing. It's more <laughs> like consulting is really what we do.
1: but Essentially, us. that is what yeah. I do. I don't sell financial products. I educate people and then they make the decision. It's
0: kind of what I do too, basically. Yeah. So so what I didn't expect about it though is, you know, you're making phone calls all day or messaging people or whatever you're doing to get people as clients, right? Mm-hmm. What I didn't expect is the majority of people are nice. Because before really? I got into it, yeah, before I got into it, I had this idea. I'm ahead of. I mean, people are gonna be so mad that I'm calling them. People mm-hmm. are gonna be so frustrated with me. You know, people don't. People don't want me to bug them. Right. They don't want that. But what I found is that was true. Whenever I was trying to sell them something.
1: Exactly. Yes. Now,
0: I don't try to sell anybody anything. Mm-hmm. I just give them what they need. I'll give them the information they need. I'll give them the tools they need. And a lot of times, I'll give people everything they need to not use me. Does that like make that. sense? I like so that. So I basically like give it, hey, here's, here's everything you need to buy a house or to sell your house. Mm-hmm. Use me if you want to.
1: I like that. And, you, and you've seen that pay off.
0: Big time. Because I don't, I like had this like switch in my head where I was like, you know what? I'm so done caring about the outcome of this. Because it just stresses you out. Right. You know, if you're, all you're worried about is getting that person to close or getting that person to buy with you or to sell with you or do your financial stuff with you.
1: Mm-hmm. They're going to know you're feeling that way right they can smell that crap so I was gonna ask you so do yeah. you think that cuz I mean that's something that I struggle or I used to struggle with it I, I still do occasionally yeah um, but especially like new associates and things like that that I'm training in the industry even people that have been in the industry for a while because um, we do that too. like we'll make calls and all that not necessarily cold calling but you know just talking to people networking that sort yep. of thing yeah so do you think that it's approval addiction that's the biggest hindrance or that it's not belief in what you're doing
0: Approval what?
1: Approval, or er, approval addiction. What does that mean? So you're addicted to what other other people's approval.
0: Okay, I would say it's more of scared of rejection.
1: Okay. It's a fear of rejection. So failure. You're, you're afraid to fail. Yeah, yeah, afraid of rejection. And you know mm.
0: what that goes back to? Mm. Have you ever heard this before? Like the tribal stuff that goes back? Have you ever heard this before?
1: Mm, I've heard of the fear of failure, but not the tribal okay, stuff. Okay, so the reason
0: people are scared of two things, public speaking and whenever you're doing sales it's a form of public speaking because you're speaking mm-hmm. to people in the public yep the reason people are so afraid of that is are you ready for this it's fascinating people are scared of it because back in the day when we were in small tribes mm-hmm. i can't remember the number of things like 300 or maybe it's 200 or something like that for the average tribe size right if you were to mess up in that tribe okay if you were to say the wrong thing do the wrong action something like that you get kicked out of the tribe and you'd die in the wild really so what wow. yeah what the what the scientists found out is We're very scared to mess up in our group because we don't want to. Fascinating, and it's so cool. And it's not true in today's world anymore. Mm -mm. But our mind is still wired that way. Yep. Because it takes something like a thousand years for our brain to change one percent, right? So, all this past time, we were like, "Okay, I'm not gonna mess up in the tribe. I don't want to die. Because if the tribe kicks me out, I'm screwed. You got jaguars, other tribes, they're gonna kill you. (laughs) You know, you don't stand a chance for more than a couple nights.
1: Those jaguars are. Scary. Yeah. So
0: that's why we are scared of public speaking.
1: That is super cool. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. Like I've heard of a few things And like that's why that. people why are scared not? of sales too. Mm-hmm.
0: And so for me, that was one of the main shifts in my head is when I read that in a book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm literally scared of being kicked out of a tribe. That's why I'm scared to call. Mm-hmm. The next thing is usually people are nervous to talk to people is because they know they're just wanting something from that person.
1: The person, the quote-unquote salesperson, wants something. That's from the client, potential yep. client,
0: they don't think they don't look at it as they have something of value. Because mm-hmm. usually, maybe most of the time, if they they're scared of it, they don't have something of value.
1: Yeah, they don't quote-unquote believe what they're selling.
0: No, and, and and they're just gonna do whatever they do. It's best for them, not best for the client. Mm-hmm. And in a week or two, they'll quit.
1: Well, and and you see that all for the time, like two. people, like I know I've seen that, like not necessarily. I don't want to say that I've done that, but I've even seen that in my own business. Like if I get like. Um, I think I'm going to name sales?
0: this, po- this podcast episode, is the world gray or is it black and white? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be a great name for it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. But, uh, what do they call that commission breath? Like, oh think, yeah. think like a yeah, car yeah, sales yeah, yeah. So like, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I used to do this, like, especially when I first started back in, uh, the financial industry because the checks are great. Like there's a lot of money in what I do for sure. Um, but as soon as I would start thinking about that, my business would suffer appointments would cancel things would get um it it, it was almost like the universe was against it yeah and i don't feel like i was saying things differently your vibe was
0: different guaranteed
1: i get yeah Yeah. you're absolutely right and as soon as i shifted away from that as soon as like my focus didn't became and like i said this is when that shift happened from like caring about material things to caring about people yeah same here that's when i started noticing i was getting more traction in the industry so it's like okay Because I started in the the real estate industry to make money. Mm -hmm. That's why I
0: started. No, I I can make so much money. Yeah.
1: That's why I started in finance too. Because I got to take care of my own before I can take care of other people. But I think it's when we're interacting with people, it's what the focus is. Because if I hundred percent. Yeah. If you care about other people and put their well-being first, you're inadvertently going to take care of your own needs too. I mean, it's like a universal truth. Like it's like gravity. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know, there's no way around it.
0: You know what's interesting is. If you're okay, if you're like training a new person, mm-hmm. one little hack that I think helps their mindset with this stuff, okay, okay, is you tell them, and this is I, I told myself this every day for like three months. Every time you walk into your office, every time you're about to get on the phone, every time you're about to send an email, every time you're about to talk to somebody, you say this in your head: relationships over transactions, relationships over transactions. I just kept saying that to myself because the transaction does not matter. Mm -hmm. the relationship with this person does absolutely because a couple things for me i used to be like man if they don't buy with me that sucks which it does suck okay it does suck if they use somebody else Mm -hmm. however i care more about the relationship than the in transaction because sometimes i want that relationship with that person and their brother is a real estate agent Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so would that be good for me to be in make their thanksgiving awkward and their Christmas awkward, you know what I mean? Because I could probably do it, mm-hmm. because there's a chance that if their brother is, you know, only part time, doesn't really do it. My systems and everything I do is probably way more effective for them, right? To buy or sell, right? But is that best for them as a client? Right? Maybe not. Maybe that relationship with their brother is more important than selling their house.
1: So I've got a saying that's similar to that, um, and I say me again. It was from my mentors. Uh, every person. Is better off because they've come in, into contact with me.
0: Yeah, even if I it's like in,
1: that. even if it's the smallest thing. So I do a lot of live prospecting. We talked about this the other day. Yep. And um, just because it's like I don't like you know talking over the phone with people because I can't read them as well. I can I can read their voice and that's it. And you can still hear a lot of stuff you know inflection, lo- what they're saying, how they're saying it, all that. But I prefer the actual interaction. And part of what I do is. You know, like say, I just give someone a compliment, like, "Hey, man, like you, you know, I, I really like that jacket you've got on," mm-hmm. and that's the only interaction I ever have with that person. I at least made them feel good for a few moments. Sure, like that—that's what gets me. I get what you're saying now. You know,
0: so everything, no matter what, they're better off by being around. Yeah,
1: you. just because I came into contact with them, they don't even have to be around me. Gotcha. Now, the people that I work with in my office, my clients, I know they're better off because I've given them more of that same type of energy, whether it's the compliments, um, and it could even be something as simple as like, uh, like people that I've done follow-ups with that I haven't closed business with. Um, you know, hey guys, how's it going? And, and like after I've you know given them the the education that I give them and all that, oh, we're doing great. Like ever since you talked to us, we started like cutting back on eating out so much. And oh, that's we're, we're really putting cool. more into savings. And, and this has happened to me quite a bit too. Um, you know, and then I'll say something along the lines of like uh, that. That is so awesome, guys. You you guys are in the right mindset. You're doing what you need to do, and it's just reassuring them that like I'm still here for them. It's not about like we got to close this business and I got to get my my check and all that. It's not about that. It's about literally changing their perspective on how they view money. You
0: know, what's fascinating. Hmm. And something I think you need to talk about is how much clients pay you.
1: They don't. What are you talking about? They don't pay that's me. That's my point. Oh, I see what you did there. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what? Are, you know that I, I don't need charge to t- for what I do. I've so, been yeah. telling you that forever. You need to talk more about that. So tell people how you make money. So I do not charge. Well, you can't go into detail, I know. No, I I can go into detail. So there's a couple of things. Technically, I am not a financial advisor. I do not say that I'm a financial advisor. Right. Now, if you are a financial advisor, um, and I believe that's if you pass your series Seven. 65. Okay. Pretty sure it's a 65. I'm still, like, I'm literally still studying this, so I'm by no means an expert on it. Um, And there's different series tests that you have to take to be registered to work in my industry, that sort of thing. But, um, and I am licensed and bona fide in what I do. I want to make that clear. Yeah. But uh, if you are a financial advisor, if you're licensed to be a financial advisor, you can charge people to advise them in their finances. Mm -hmm. My platform doesn't work like that and that's what I think is really cool and it, it goes with my personal philosophy too so like if I'm sitting down and working with you which I have, you're, you are one of my clients yep. technically um, and I'm saying alright Christian here's your financial situation you know, dude look, we looked at this you're, you're you're spending $400 a month eating out like you gotta stop that Yeah. like I'm not saying don't eat out ever but we need to reallocate those funds a little bit For otherwise sure. you're not gonna retire so we go ahead and we do that it would be wrong of me to charge you for that because I'm trying to teach you how to save more money.
0: Yeah, not say, okay, now pay, that $300 you're saving a month, now pay me that. Yeah, like how right. messed up
1: would that be? Yeah. So yeah, it's cool, I, I don't get, um, I don't charge people for what I do and that's the way that our platform works because. But you make
0: money basically from the other companies that you work with.
1: Correct, so if I close business with a client, the company that I close, so I'm, I'm what's known as a uh, non-captive agent, um, And what I mean by that is, like, say say you're going to buy a computer. I always use analogies for everything. And you go to an Apple store, you'd buy a Mac. Yep. But if you went to Best Buy, you could buy a Lenovo, HP, Mac, whatever. I'm like the Best Buy of the financial world. You can buy everything through you. Basically, Basically. I I work with over eighty five percent of the financial industry. Okay. But what uh, what's cool about the the way our platform works is, like, yeah, I don't charge you for what I do. Everything that you do, you save for your own future which I think is, is awesome. And then the company that I get set up or set people up, Pays with, you. they pay me, which is really cool. That is cool. I think
0: it's awesome. Actually,
1: dude, I love it. Like I said, like it, it's so, it's amazing that this company found me. I yeah. didn't find them if I'm honest, they found me. Oh, really? but it, it, it's like such a mesh of everything. Like I love money and I love helping people and yeah. it just, it works so well on so yeah. many levels. It's awesome.
0: It's similar. Like I was talking to you about it, but similar to real estate in the fact that like when a buyer comes to me, they don't realize they don't pay me anything.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I didn't I, even know that. Oh, really? Until you told me yesterday. Yeah,
0: so buyers don't pay me anything because the seller pays me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they don't realize, that, like, oh, what do I, I got to pay this guy? And I'm like, well, nothing. The seller's going to pay me. Right. But then I think I've seen people mess up where they're like, I'm 100% free buyer service. And everybody's like, mm, bullshit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but because we're not going to do it for free, couldn't afford to, right? Right. So instead we do- Wait, wait. So you're
1: saying you're not a charity. No, I'm not a charity. No.
0: I've thought about it. Oh. Okay. Just being a free, completely free <laughs> to everybody. Um That would be interesting.
1: I mean at some point you completely
0: can completely free. Um anyways, so but what is um what is more captivating to people is they want to know how you do get paid. That's mm-hmm. the reason I asked you. Because when you just say I'm free, they're like, Where's the catch? Yeah, people are No always one's think doing that. this for free. So for me, I say, okay, I'm 100 percent free. For you, what what we do is I get part of the sales Agents commission basically that's mm, how it works. I got gotcha. you. They entice you to bring your buyers to them,
1: basically. And, and like I said, I had no idea how that worked. Yeah, which is which is really awesome cool. for
0: buyers because they can't afford to. And the reason they put this into effect was because most buyers, first time buyers stuff like that, they can't afford to pay a real estate agent because they right. haven't built up equity in a house to be able to afford that. Mm-hmm. Um, most people's biggest chunk of money is the equity in their house, right? So instead, when you're selling a house that you've had for five, ten years, you have fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in equity. You can afford a couple of grand to pay
1: real estate. So I, I have a question about that actually, um, and because I, I I know very little about real estate, I'm trying to learn. Um, how exactly does ec- that equity work then? So I, I remember on one of your previous podcasts you yeah. explained it, and and that makes sense. So I know what equity, equity is. is. Yeah, I guess I have more of a logistics question on that okay so how do you access that equity then is it only through like a loan against it or h- how do you get to that equity two ways you can access
0: the equity maybe maybe other ways if you're smarter than me but the basics are sell the property right you sell okay. the property get your equity back out and go buy something else
1: okay? but then you pay your capital gains tax on that you only assume. pay
0: capital gains if it's not your primary residence
1: mm, and
0: okay. if it is your primary residence you have to have it for at least two years okay So, um, if it's not, so this is South Dakota anyways, it's different state to state probably. Right. But in South Dakota, if you own a house for a year, let's say, and you want to sell it, Mm -hmm. you're going to pay short-term capital gains on that, which is 15%.
1: Because it's less than two years. Two years. After two years, you pay nothing. Hmm. That's how it works here.
0: Um, the second way you can access your equity is through a mortgage on it. So you can say... Okay, I have 50% equity in this house. Most banks will loan you anywhere from 75 to 80% of the value. Mm-hmm. So if you have 50%, you can get 30 out. Okay.
1: Does that make sense? Now, do they also call that like a home equity line of credit? Is that the same thing? Not the same
0: thing, but you can do that as well. Okay. Yeah, but that, that would be a, literally like a li- lean against your house, the home equity line of credit is. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? Rather yeah. than literally just refinancing it mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I want 80% of the value refinanced, they do the new uh, appraisal and give you the remaining of the cash whatever's left over
1: interesting okay
0: Does that makes sense yeah okay so that's i just the i've never ways. heard
1: of this stuff so like that like i said this is foreign to me but yeah it makes sense yeah that's
0: kind of the two ways that i know i'm sure there's fancier ways to do it all mm-hmm. but that's the basics
1: cool yeah i have a question for you yep about my industry and i'm curious as to what you think okay so say you have a toaster and th- this is going to be a weird example sure but you got a toaster and every month Instead of bread that pops out of it, it pops out five thousand dollars. Okay, and that—that's just your toaster. That's what it does. Yeah, yeah. My question: Every for month, you is, right? You said every month, kay. every month consistently, it pops out five thousand dollars. Like it's, it's clockwork. Okay. Do you insure the toaster?
0: Do I insure the toaster to make sure it doesn't break? Yes. Yeah. Okay. How much would I pay for the insurance, though?
1: It depends. Okay. But um, that. So I, I ask that because that's a life insurance question. Okay. So in that example, you are the toaster. Gotcha. <laughs> so um, because people say so, – got and, me again,
0: Mr. Salesman. I'm just kidding.
1: You <laughs> like, make me feel all dirty. <laughs> uh, but the reason that I ask that though is because and, – and, and I ask that because I'm curious as to what your views on life insurance are. Um, because I've noticed that a lot of people don't really think about it. Like they think – and especially our age. Like we're in our mid-early 20s. Um, they don't think about that. Yeah but you're the toaster. Like you are, like a lot of times people say that their house, and we may disagree on this, um, but people will say that their house is their biggest asset. It's not. You are your, it, biggest, you asset. Are your yeah. biggest asset. You are the toaster. So why don't you have insurance on yourself? I'm not asking you that personally. That's a no, rhetorical question. I understand. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just curious It's like if you've seen that or, or like what your views on that I are. I think
0: it's hard to sell people on that stuff. I don't know why it is. I think it's just people are unclear of why it actually benefits them you know what i mean like i'm 24 i don't need life insurance you that, know what
1: i mean that's true and, and, and I, I
0: see the value in it personally but mm-hmm. I, the value i see in it is yeah if i died or something then it would pay off my house or whatever right right but that's part of it yeah but i also see the value in if i lock it in now rather than when i get sick it's gonna cost me way less
1: exactly that's the value i see in and it and there's a lot of variables in it too like what I've been doing for a lot of my uh my clients recently and it depends too you know just to make sure that it, it's suitable um you can actually use living benefit insurance now as a backup medical plan
0: yeah I heard about that
1: which um so like a lot of times that that's one of the number one reason why people become bankrupt in our country right now is because medical costs hmm. so number one I, reason? One of them. I don't know if it's the top, but I know it's definitely up there. And you know, senior citizens are actually the number one demographic of people that are going bankrupt. And what do we know about senior citizens? They have much higher healthcare costs yeah, and medical costs. That sucks. So the reason that I I like to do I like that strategy a lot is because um, you need your retirement to be your retirement. You don't need your retirement to be your backup medical plan. For sure. Have life insurance be your backup medical plan. How does work? Um, basically what it does, and, and it's very, very specific, so this is very general overview stuff. Okay. Um, but what it does is it allows – like normally you think life insurance, okay, I've got a $100,000 policy. If I kick the bucket, my beneficiaries get the death benefit of $100,000. Sure. So there's a type of life insurance called living benefit insurance, and it's it's literally that. You get to use it while you're living. If now, you you're
0: can- like a vegetable or – in a coma. or Is that, is that, kind of, is that what you mean? Or? Yeah.
1: And, and that's kind of where it gets more, very specific. It all depends on like how a doctor writes it and, and, and all that. Okay. Not not the life insurance policy, but, but like the, the treatment and, and all that. Okay. There's, there's very specific parameters that you have to meet. But think about that though. Some of that stuff is very, very expensive.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that
1: totally makes sense that you would have that. And people's usually big or people's biggest source of money is their retirement. You know, say you've got someone like in their late 30s or 40s. That's your average person that that may be their their biggest chunk of money yeah and unfortunately it could be in something like a 401k which may not be the best but i won't get into that <laughs> um so then you you've spent you know years and years and years building this up yep all of a sudden something life happens something tragic happens and now you had to take everything that you build up to that you were going to spend in your golden years to pay for medical costs that's going to set you back however many years you're losing out on compound interest it, it's just it's not a good situation okay so, yeah. Not only that, like That's I said, the, the backup medical plan, but so you got to protect your toaster.
0: Let's say I have life, like I have life insurance through you, right? My yes. IUL, mm-hmm. and then let's say I want to get the living benefit. Mm-hmm. Is it cost extra?
1: Yes. So there's a few different ways we can write the policies. Um, you can have these things in an IUL called writers which you pay extra for. Okay. I specifically don't do that with IULs because it takes the um, cash accumulation down. Gotcha. So it would just be another policy at that point. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. That could be another thing that you name this podcast, though, Protect Your Toaster.
0: Protect Your to- uh is the, world gray or, or is the world gray or is it black and white? And Protect Your Toaster. I like that. I
1: mean, That's it's good. definitely eye-catching. I like it a lot. You know, so...
0: How long we been going here let's see
1: i really don't know 42 that. minutes i'll okay. wrap it up yeah i mean anything else that you want to talk about or i i had notes for this i just don't remember what where else your I was notes gonna at? Say the toaster example is the key one honestly well, that's a good one i mm. like
0: that a lot so um if everybody's watching and listening mitch where can they find you if they want to reach out to you if they have questions want to go to a free consult anything like that what do they need to how can they reach you best
1: uh, best way you can reach me is uh, my email which we can just throw up on here it's uh, mherms.wfg at gmail.com okay. uh, I'm also I don't want to say I'm big on Instagram but I, I do you get, a lot of you stuff. do a lot on Instagram yeah, yeah I do a lot on Instagram um, and I'm the spicy Italian at the spicy Italian at the spicy Italian uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have my contact information up there. I mean, people can even just give me a phone call seven one nine two four two three nine three six. Like, I and that's my thing, guys. Like, if people have questions, I'm always happy to answer them, whether it's about you know insurance, money, whatever. And if I don't have the answer, I guarantee someone in my office does, and we will get that information to you.
0: Cool. Well, thanks so much for being here, man. Um, now we got to get to work for the rest of the day. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, this has been fun, but like we we have work to do. We do have work to do. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much
0: for watching, guys. See you later. Boom. (laughs) I didn't mean to hit that. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for watching this episode of the podcast. If you made it to this part of the video, it means you made it all the way through the podcast, and I really appreciate that. I would love for you to do me a favor, and if you're in the area, I would love for you to drop a comment, share this as well, and tell me who you think I should interview next or who you would love to see on the podcast and learn more about. And I'll do my best to get them on the show. Or if you have a connection, get me in contact with them. We will get them on this podcast. Guys, thanks so much for watching. And lastly, the only way this podcast is even possible is through my personal real estate business. So if you know anybody that's looking at buying or selling or investing in the Black Hills area, please give me a call. Shoot me a text or shoot me a message here, direct message. You can get me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all those platforms at Christian SD. The rest of my um, contact information will be in the description of this video. So thanks so much for watching, guys. I really appreciate it. We'll see you on the next episode.